The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your Week 10 Betting Preview. I'm joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. What is going on? How was your Week 9? What's up, brother? Uh, it was a beautiful Week 9. Um, almost everything went right, except I think I finished 9-3. and three. The one thing that did go wrong, which really should have hit, was Dallas money line. Could they just buy a call in that fourth quarter? But Tomlin spot, man, that was a beautiful thing to watch. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that the Cowboys couldn't get home that plus 700 money line. But no complaints for week nine. But as always, good or bad week, it's on to the next. Oh, yeah. And I actually have a a story up at ActionNetwork.com right now. Looking at the Steelers and their offense because – it's it's ugly and you know you look at this team and and this was the first Super Bowl future I bet and they are currently 15th in offensive DVOA they're 16th in passing 22nd in the run you look at the since Pittsburgh made, uh, won that Super Bowl uh, I think it was 11 years ago now the 22 teams that have made the Super Bowl since win or lose only two of them have been below seventh in offensive DVOA so if the Steelers don't get it together. By the end of the year, they're, they're not going to beat the Chiefs. Like, they're not going to go through the Chiefs as good as they've been playing. So, um, check it out. So, excited to talk about this one. There's some interesting games. A uh, good one in Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, Arizona. That should be fun. So, uh, let's get to it. We'll start with the Thursday night preview. Uh, then we'll get into the Sunday six-pack, our top six spread bets. But before we kick things off, two very quick reminders. Number one, if you plan to bet, on the NFL this season and haven't downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools, analysis from myself, Stucky, the whole Action team, and it lets you track every bet that you make. And number two, if you want a chance at a free Vegas vacation, don't forget to enter the Action Pods Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. This is the 10th week of this free Yahoo DFS tournament top five each week. Get a chance to play for a free Vegas vacation valued at over $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. 40 spots in the wildcard weekend grand finale are still up for grabs and there's nothing to lose. Just imagine yourself on that free Vegas vacation. You're gambling, you're drinking, you run into Nathan Peterman. He's panicking because he's trapped in a casino breezeway. You show him that he's pushing on a door labeled pull. You release him back into the wild. Anything is possible. So sign up now using the link in this episode description. All right, let's get into it, Stuck. Let's talk some Thursday night football. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. 
Let's bet Thursday night football. All right, stuck. So we got a pretty good, I would say, comparatively Thursday night football game. The Indianapolis Colts going to Tennessee divisional matchup against the Titans. It's currently a one-point spread in favor of the Titans at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast. Stuck, what are your thoughts on Colts-Titans? Look, it's a, it's a really interesting game. What, the first thing that I'll bring up is the Titans have a number of injuries that are worth monitoring, especially on the offensive line. And, you know, they already lost Luan. Dennis Kelly, their backup, their now tackle is hurt. Saffold is banged up their guard, although he should play. Tennessee, obviously, everything comes from the rush and Derrick Henry. But a couple of things that I've been looking into, Derrick Henry just doesn't have huge games against really good run defenses. And you, you saw it this year. He had 21 carries and three yards per pop against the Bears. You know, against the Steelers, he had 20 carries for 75 yards, 3.8 a pop. And then I think a part of that is the offensive line. And when you're playing against a good run defense and you can, you can keep him from getting to the hole and getting to the open field, where he's so dangerous, you can really contain Henry, and the Colts are capable of doing that. With Darius Leonard, uh, DeForest Buckner has been great up front, and the Colts have just been really good on defense across the board. And, you know, when you look at these two teams that played last year, the Colts won a very close game, and they really, you know, the second time they played, they could have won. They lost by 14, very, very misleading box score. In a 17-17 game, the Colts were kicking a field goal in the second half to take a lead. This is one of the games that Vinatieri cost the Colts, and it was blocked, returned for a touchdown, and then you know the Titans added a meaningless touchdown late to win by two scores. I think this game ultimately will be really close. It's a great teaser piece. I personally, you know, if you, especially if you can get it, find some one and a halfs or twos out there. I personally teased it with the Bears on Monday night. Rivers, I've mentioned before, he's the tease god as a dog. He's seventy nine percent. As, when, as a tease piece, when you tease him six points, is any underdog price, any underdog price. And now here, if you can get him one and a half two, you're teasing through three and seven. Teasing through three and seven hits historically around 75%, which is elite. Rivers at 79% teasing any dog price. It's just, he's meant to be where he's going to have the ball late down by one possession, scrambling. He's also very effective at going down the field against the prevent defense if they're down two scores. So he can get you in the back door a lot. One thing I will mention here that's just sticking out to me like a sore thumb so far this year that I've been monitoring is road teams. Road teams and home field advantage. Road teams have won 67 of 134 games this year. So they've won 67. Home teams have won 66, and there's been one tie. Road teams have also scored two more total points than home teams. Road teams of... Seven catching seven points or less are 27 and 27 straight up. They're 36 and 18 against the spread. I mean, all this points to basically there being no, almost no home field advantage this year. I mean, we thought coming into the year, okay, where's home field going to be without fans and home field advantage anyway was coming down with each passing year. I think that's we're seeing evidence of that. So I've lowered my home field advantage again. Uh, across the board, and uh, it just doesn't seem to mean that much. I think the Colts uh, can keep this close. It should be a really tight game throughout. I think I make it – you know, I have a half-point difference between these teams with the Titans about a half-point better. So I think the line is pretty close to spot on, but once you tease it and you can get through the three and through the seven, 
The last thing I'll mention is Dory Jackson. It doesn't look like he'll go. Even if they have to activate him by today, I don't know if they did, otherwise he's out for the season. Without him, it means Borders goes. It's just not the same without a Dory Jackson on that defense. And, you know, Clowney is probably going to play. He's banged up. He's just not the same guy. They don't get too much pressure. So I think the Colts could do enough on offense and that run defense, it can play. So I think that the, the Colts keep this close here. I bet the Titans, I am – Low on the Colts. I've been lower on the Colts all year. Um, I, I just don't see them being able to score with Tennessee. I don't see their defense um, like sticking up, you know, sticking with Tennessee here because you look at the Colts and, okay, they played Gardner Minshew, Cousins, Darnold, Foles, Mayfield, Burrow, Stafford, and, and then, you know, Lamar in like this kind of struggle mode situation. He goes 19 of 23. Minshew goes 19 to 20. Like this Colts team, it's like everything good about them. There's something bad about it. It's like the defense is supposed to be good, but they sometimes give up these really, you know, efficient passing games. The run, the O-line is good, except they can't stop Rivers from throwing interceptions and then they can't run block. And then the running backs are good, but the, the best one is fumbling all the time. So it's like this team has so many ways to lose games. Tennessee, like they're 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 a frustrating team too. Um, I, they are banged up, so you know it, it, it probably could go either way. But uh, I just like Tennessee in these spots where you know you're, you're getting them against a team that's kind of known for its defense. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has thrown two or more touchdown passes in 16 of 18 regular season starts as a Titan, uh, 18 of 21 if you count the postseason. Uh, so I also like the Tannehill prop, which you're getting at really good odds this week to go. Uh, over one and a half touchdowns, you're getting you get you're getting it at like minus one twenty one at BetMGM. I think those are really great odds. But um, the Titans are going to score a couple of touchdowns one way or another every week, and I just don't know if we can say that about the Colts. So I'm not buying the Colts at all. They've lost a few games as favorites that um, they should have won. So hopefully they get under that nine and a half win total. I bet, but uh, just just not really a, a believer in the Colts at this point. And we're starting to see it, you know. Uh, come out at times, you know, came out last week that Philip Rivers, I mean, he's been good against really bad teams and the Titans are still bad on defense. They did it. They did activate a door, but he won't play. So um, he, he can come back this year, but I'm um, just not a believer in the, in the, uh, in the Colts. So I'm taking the Titans at the, at the short number. Yeah. But the, I mean, the play devil's advocate, I think, I think the Colts have a much better defense and the Titans offensive line is just not, it's just not the same as it was last year, which I think is impacting Derrick Henry against better rush defenses. But, I mean, you look at the Titans' wins. They're one, they're, they have one impressive win over the Bills at home in just a weird spot on a Tuesday and a bad Josh Allen game. I mean, they beat the Broncos by two, the Jags by three, the Vikings when the Vikings were awful by one. Uh, they beat the Texans in overtime, and then they beat the Bears. I mean, so the, the, the profile just hasn't really been that impressive, and the defense just continues to underwhelm me. But who are the Colts beat? The Jets, the Vikings in week two, which was like kind of a different Vikings team. The Bears. I'm not saying the Colts are leaving. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. So like the, the Colts it. profile isn't great. Neither is the Titans. That's why I, I think that these teams are pretty close. No, I, I get it. Power Raiders. There's a few teams. This will kind of be a theme of the show, I think. There's a few teams that now that we're 10 weeks, nine weeks into the season, you're kind of looking at their resume and you're like, eh. 
But if this Thursday night football isn't your thing, BetMGM has a great sign-up offer for the Masters. Customers can bet $1 and win 100 in free bets. If any player makes a birdie, just sign up and make your first bet using bonus code ACTION100. Download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTION100 to bet $1 and win 100 in free bets if any golfer makes a birdie at the Masters this week. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Indiana. All right. Next up, our three favorite bets of the week each in the Sunday six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. All right, Stuck, I believe you picked up, what, two points on me last week? So right now, it is 26-21, I'm up. Carrying a lead to the midway point. Let's see if I can make a comeback like last season. Or dig myself deeper in a hole. I have the first pick this week. And for the first pick of the Week 10 Sunday Six Pack, I am going with the San Francisco 49ers plus nine and a half at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the podcast. And listen, we hit on the Saints last week, top pick, hit on the under, but now it's time to fade them. You have the Niners coming off a brutal loss on national television, but they're getting healthier. You're getting a lot, pretty much all of the receivers back. Uh, Debo, Ayuk should be back, uh, only Kendrick Bourne. But uh, with the emergence of Richie James, you're still going to have uh, three solid wide receivers out there. Uh, Jordan Reed will be a bigger part of the game plan this week uh, per Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so the 49ers still have some pieces on offense. And Nick Mullins is by no means a bad quarterback. He's one of the better backups in the league. Well over eight yards per attempt for his career. So uh, he can certainly stay in this uh, game and keep it close with New Orleans, who's just uh, coming off a huge win. I think something like 92% uh, of the money is on the Saints, and yet they're still hanging this nine and a half. If you're on the Niners side, you're essentially on the side that the books need. Um, I'm on that side this week as well. Uh, I just think that this is a huge spread, kind of an overreaction to both of these teams doing the exact opposite in nationally televised games. The Niners were down uh, 34 to three. I mean, even my girlfriend came in at one point and was like, I've never seen a football score this lopsided. Like, Everyone and their mama knows the 49ers got blown out uh, by the Packers and the Saints just straight up embarrassed the Bucks. So um, now it's a letdown spot. And Shanahan, uh, as a dog, you expect him to rebound. Uh, he's 13-8 and eight, uh, in his career, 62% as a road uh, underdog. As an underdog overall, he's 57%, 20 and 15. Uh, and uh, I expect that trend to continue. Uh, just too many points uh, in this matchup that, uh, remember, they had this epic game last year and I think uh, it could be a, a, a lot more competitive than people probably think if they just watch those two uh, uh, Iowa games yeah I agree I, I bought this to 10 as well um, it's just a great buy low sell high spot after what everyone saw last week that's why I think that the market is a little too high on the Saints and a little too low in the 49ers I think this one should be closer to a touchdown 
give or take, depending on which pieces for the 49ers come back. They should be healthier on offense. They also should be healthier on defense. They could get Richard Sherman back as well, who is practicing. He tweeted out, I'm almost back. It's iffy because they do have a bye next week, so you might hold them back. But then again, it's like they're four and five. You, you know, you need to win this game for your playoff chances. So he might give it a go. And just like, you know, look, Drew Brees has looked a little better throwing downfield recently over the past few weeks, but the, it's still not the strength of the Saints' offense. It's still a short passing attack. That's what the 49ers do so well. They've been very vulnerable against deep passing. They've been one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and that's because some of the – I mean, Tart just – their safety just hit the IR. You know, they've had, they've had Sherman out. They've had basically all their corners out. So they've been vulnerable with some miscommunication on the back end, but they're still very good underneath. Very good against running backs, and then very good against the run as well. Fred Warner is just awesome. Might be the best linebacker in the NFL, and I think that this is a game where the 49ers run defense, their linebackers will matter. So, yeah, I think that they can they can keep this close, and it's a great buy low, sell high spot. Uh, in, a, in a game where you have two, two snails matching up, two very slow teams, so getting close to 10 or if you want to buy it to 10 is uh, – I think a good look here, just great buy low, sell high spot and an overvalued line. So I completely agree. I would have, I would have taken the Niners if you didn't. A flavor that is sure to please the San Francisco treat. For my first pick and the second overall pick of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus five at Carolina. Uh, look, just like the Saints – selling high after what everyone saw. I'm buying low on the Bucks and Brady here. It looks like Allie Marpet will go. They're all pro guard. That's important because if you can prevent pressure up the middle, Brady's going to be able to shred this zone as he did in week two. This is the most interesting part if you're into trends is this game. You have two trend monsters going against each other. Since 2003, Tom Brady off of a loss after a loss, 32 and 12 against the spread. That's 73% covering by an average of almost six points per game. About 45% ROI. Well, guess what? Teddy Bridgewater's 32-11 and 11 against the spread. Almost the exact same record overall. About 75% covering by about 3.5 points per game. 46% ROI. Brady has an underdog or a favorite of 7 or less after a loss. 24-3 and three against the spread. What's Bridgewater as an underdog? 22-5 and five against the spread. I mean, no matter where you look, these two quarterbacks, every trend says, so what's good? what gives? Well, we actually saw this situation in week two when the Bucks lost their opener to the Saints and they played the Panthers the next week and were laying eight. They won by 14 in a game that they really could have won by a lot more misleading score. McCaffrey's not going to go for the Panthers. I maybe a half point that's worth. Uh, we saw that Davis has been really effective in his absence. But one of the things why the Bucks have had so much success against the Panthers is since Todd Bowles has taken over the Bucks defense, They've completely shut down Christian McCaffrey, and I expect them to do the same against Davis here. McCaffrey in three meetings against Todd Bowles over the last two years has 56 carries for 127 yards. 56 for 127, that's 2.3 average. 10 catches for 71 yards. He's touched the ball 66 times, and he hasn't reached 200 yards a touch, and that includes his 10 receptions. And that makes sense because the Bucks' defense is number one uh, overall, even after last week, number three versus the rush. They're allowing a league low 3.3 yards per rush, same as last year when they led the league. So, you know, their, their run defense is excellent. They're also number four against short passes, number four defending running backs out of the backfield. So it's all the things that you want to 
see when you're playing this Panthers offense. Looks like Levante David will go. He, along with Fred Warner, I mean, and, you know, you could throw Bobby Wagner is still there. It's one of the top linebackers in the NFL. By the way, players in NFL history with 1,000 tackles, 20 sacks, and 10 picks in their first eight seasons. Ray Lewis and Levante David, that's it. Tampa Bay's one defensive weakness this year has been covering tight ends, not really the strength of the Panthers' offense. And I've been saying all, you know, for the past two weeks, this Panthers' defense regression is coming. Uh, they, you know, they don't really get after the quarterback. I think their secondary has been overperforming. So I think Brady should shred this zone. He's going to have time to throw. Looks like Marpet and David will both go, which is big. Okun might be out on that left tackle, and there's a big drop-off after that. So I think the, the Bucks will be able to get pressure. In a matchup of these two trend monsters, Bridgewater always finds a way to cover. And Brady off of a loss, angry, bitter Brady after maybe the worst game of his career. Uh, I'll take the Bucks here in a game I make closer to a touchdown. So I'll lay the five. I think the Bucks come out very angry. I also money line parlay them with the Ravens. Um, so give me the Bucks. Man, I mean, I, even I wasn't expecting the Bucks to get shellacked like they did on Sunday Night Football. I, you know, it's obvious bounce back spot. Um, I'm kind of in the middle uh, in terms, you know, my model spit out a number kind of in that dead zone. So uh, I haven't bet this game, but, you know, just kind of more from a, a, a gut feel perspective, I, I do feel like the Bucks are, are kind of going to, you know, kind of – let out some anger because you you have the same kind of narrative shaping up it's really the same situation as week one and week two like you know Arians kind of taking uh, subtle shots at uh, Tom Brady and everyone the defense has something to prove the offense has something to prove um did you get a chance to see that Dan Orlovsky rant on when he just went off on the Bucks coaching staff he was like the last two game plans on uh in prime time have been the worst two game plans of his he's ever seen in I his did. life I mean yeah. I, I didn't even like really wasn't thinking about the coaching staff, but you know, when he, he kind of mentioned some, you know, key points about they've just been doing silly things and, and Arians kind of alluded to it uh, with, you know, he's saying like, Hey, you know, we want to kind of go back to uh, you know, getting Kronk on the field and, and not having to throw the ball. They ran about five times last week. I mean, this is, this is kind of a prove it game for everyone involved. So the number probably, if you're just straight up, you know, Spitting it into a computer is probably not going to come out as big, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the uh, if the Bucks put out a statement right here. Yeah, why is Brady so good off a loss? Like, what? what don't doesn't everyone know Brady's always perfect? Because Brady's just he's great. I mean, he might not be the most talented quarterback of all time, but he embodies greatness. Which means after a loss like that, the practice this week, the extra time that they're going to put in, he will demand perfection almost every single play and they won't take a series off this upcoming week. So I know it's narrative based, but you're, you're going to get angry Brady coming out here in that offense against a defense that I have his bottom five in the NFL. And uh, so I think he can shred the zone heavy defense with all of his weapons. Now back, I'm assuming Goblin go on the other side. It's just a good matchup for the Bucks defense. Here's a narrative. You see how the Bucks just sleptwalk through these last two primetime games? Brady goes to sleep at 8.30 p.m. Like, he's usually not even awake <laughs> when they're playing. Like, the minute they did that against the Saints, I immediately went to, to Google, and I was like, what time does Tom Brady go to bed? And sure enough, it's 8.30 p.m. He's always in bed in these type of games. He's older now. I would go to bed, too, you know, you know, 
He runs out of energy. He's right, eating all right. his, his he got stale sandwiches. Stale <laughs> sandwiches don't last him yeah, a day. Man. So, you know, if he's, he's losing, he's probably likely to lose in one of these primetime spots. And then he comes back the next week, and it's a 1 p.m. start, and he's up and refreshed. And, he's yeah, he's going to get to it. So, um, remind me to fade the Bucks. I think it's the week after this. I think they go to L.A. to play the Rams on Monday night. Uh, that'll probably be a fade spot for the Bucks because uh, – I haven't liked what I've seen out of them on primetime. It's just been a totally different team. Like, it, this has been the best team, one of the best teams, like top three teams in the NFL in, like, the regular window and one of the worst teams in the NFL in primetime. They should have lost to the Giants in, in that game, too. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. All right. For the third pick of the Week 10 Sunday Six Pack, my second overall pick, I am going with the Houston Texans plus three and a half at BetMGM at the Cleveland Browns. And I spoke earlier about how there are certain teams that I'm just not buying into uh, at this point in the season. And the Cleveland Browns are another one. You know, people are going to be excited because they're getting Wyatt Teller back, which does help the line a lot. I mean, you know, we know Baker Mayfield needs all the help he can get. But uh, in this matchup, I don't think pressure is going to come into play. Uh, but what I do think is going to come into play is the, is the fact that this Houston team, if you, they're going to get run on. The Browns are going to run. That's fine because running is not as important to winning football games as passing. And I still think the Houston Texans are – I mean, they are a much better passing team. And it's kind of similar to the why I bet the Raiders against the Browns because there's usually two reasons I'll bet the, against the Browns. It's either pressure and Baker Mayfield, which this is not the case. Houston gets no pressure. Or – there's a team that I just think can put can out, straight up outscore them. And I think Houston getting three and a half here uh, at BetMGM, make sure you shop around for the best line because it's, it's three at a lot of spots. Um, but uh, that three and a half is worth it because I think at worst, um, they, the Texans keep this close, but I think they're a live dog. I think they can absolutely win this game. Uh, you look at the Texans versus Browns in terms of DVOA, and even though the Texans are sitting here at two and six, they're the better team by DVOA, which, remember, is schedule-adjusted. And uh, I think, you know, we kind of forgot, like, hey, Houston played a brutal slate of, of games. Uh, they lost the game they should have won uh, to Tennessee, which makes, you know, makes the record look even worse. Uh, another close one in Minnesota that, you know, could have gone either way uh, with that last second, you know, playing the end zone. Um, and, and then they, you know, they play the Chiefs. They play the Ravens, teams that are clearly better than them. But you look at the Browns and, like, who have they played? You know, they, they beat the Bengals barely twice. You know, Bengals backdoor cover it on them in both spots. They beat a Cowboys team that we now know was pretty horrible. And they get blown out by the Ravens. 
Uh, they beat the Colts because Phillip Rivers literally gives them nine points and they win by nine. He gives them a safety and a pick six. Uh, they win by nine. And they lose by 10 to the Raiders in a game that everyone said favored them because they're, you know, it's, it's, it's windy. They're supposed to be able to run. They score six points. They don't have Odell Beckham. And, oh, oh, and their other win is against the Washington football team, 34 to 20. Uh, like, this, t- this team has beat nobody. And now we're, we're giving them more than three. Not just the three. We're giving them, a, we're giving them the hook. At home, I'm not buying it at all. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if the Texans win this game. Uh, and we're looking back feeling silly that, uh, it, you know, it's like, oh, Deshaun Watson against Baker Mayfield, duh. Like, yeah, sure, the Texans, they'll give up 175 yards on the ground. I don't doubt it. That's the Browns' MO. They do that every week. Uh, just don't think they're a good football team. I forget to do this myself sometimes, but if you look at, like, Cleveland, which is right off of a lake, Buffalo, you know, Chicago, if you see, like, you know, Green Bay sometimes, these 20, since he sometimes, 20-mile-an-hour wins forecast, which I think they're 22 here, the total's going to come down. So even if you don't even like the under, you can – Try and middle it. I think this total's open to 55 and a half is down to 48 and a half. That would be one fear of mine that the the win does help the Browns. Six points against the Raiders. Six points against the Raiders when the wind should have been favoring them. And the Raiders had no line. Like, like, when are we gonna stop giving the Browns excuses? Like Yeah, I mean but you did bring up Teller. I mean, they're averaging six point yeah. eight yards with Teller. Chubb might be back, uh, which can't hurt. Uh, they're 3.9 when he's not there. They're averaging 9.2 blown block pressure rate without him, 5.5 with him. So, you know, and Mayfield should play. I don't think it's a huge uh, upgrade for Sim versus Case Keenan, to be honest. Houston can actually get some pressure. And I think they're like 14th, 15th in adjusted sack rate. So can Watt get there and force Mayfield into a mistake? They'll have Roby back, who didn't play last week because of disciplinary reasons. It is scary. You know, the Texans' run defense are 28th against the run, 31st in adjusted line yards, like dead last in opportunity. Like, yeah, the Browns are going to move the ball on the ground. How much does the wind impact Watson? I don't know. I mean, I personally teased the Texans, so I don't not disagree with you. I make the line around two, two yeah. and a half. So at three and a half, I probably would have taken it. When it was at two and a half with Mayfield in doubt, I teased it to eight and a half. Um, you're right. You can look at the Texans and they only have two wins over the Jags, which is – Yeah, well, I mean, they, their resume isn't impressive spot. either. Yeah. But they played – they started the season with the, with the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers, the three best teams in the AFC from a power ratings perspective. And then, you know, they lost a couple coin flip games. So I don't necessarily hate it. I mean, the Texans are 18th in DVOA. The Browns are 23rd. It's like, this is not, you know, a, a major, like, ah, oh, the Texans are this great team. It's just, I think the Browns are overrated. And this is just one of these kind of games between two mediocre teams. And you talked about it. Home field advantage, not what it used to be. So, like, I, I actually have the Texans rated, I think, like a, a, a couple of decimal points better now uh, with the Browns without Beckham, who I still think is a big loss just because of what – he forces you to plan for like it's not just I know they don't pass a lot and so maybe you know it's not like to some people it's like okay they can you know it's not a big deal it's a receiver it's not many points to the spread but remember they are averaging something like 8.8 yards per play on like runs passes and targets to uh, by Beckham and it, with a touchdown rate of like double uh, you know on other non-Beckham plays so like I think it is going to be an issue. And if Houston, like Deshaun Watson is liable to put up points against this defense for Cleveland has not been good. You know, even they have some pieces, but 
19th in DVOA, trending down. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't understand why Cleveland's getting the love in the market. I mean, you're, you're basically wrong with the better quarterback here, which is yeah. uh, not at the, at, at the hook. Not yeah. a bad approach. Take me to the track. Take me to a party if they're threatening in the back. I've been working all my life. Can't afford to wait. Let me call my wife so I can tell her I've been late. I want to ease it. Mm-hmm. Easy. Easy. For my second pick and the fourth overall pick in the Sunday six pack, I didn't love too many sides. It was a big teaser week for me. You took the 49ers who I played. Nice. But uh, so I'm going for my second pick. I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers plus two and a half at BetMGM. Again, a lot of these sides that I kind of like, they were sitting at two, two and a half. I made like closer to a pick. So I, I just tease them. If they get to three, you know, you can buy this a three, two pretty cheap. I would do that. Obviously, three is that important. I would buy the three at minus 125 or below. So wait on this, but look, the Dolphins have been over the past two weeks. One of my losses last week was the Cardinals in a game that I'm just shocked that they lost. I mean, if you look at the box score, the Dolphins had 312 yards, averaged 5.6 yards per play. The Cardinals had 442 yards, averaged 6.9 yards per play. You know, the Dolphins got a defensive touchdown. They had some beneficial calls the week before with Tua. And by the way, the Cardinals were down to like zero corners in that game. You know, they were playing with like backup corners who got hurt. Horrendous what their corner situation was. The week before, mentioned this last week, the Dolphins beat the Rams 28-17. They had 145 total yards. The Rams had 471. The Dolphins averaged three yards per play. The Rams over five. So, I mean, these last two weeks have just been insane. This is luck versus unluck. This is the un- one of the unluckiest teams in the NFL and the Chargers versus one of the luckiest in the Dolphins. Uh, I still power rate the Chargers above the Dolphins. Um, Herbert's been great. And look, there are some things. Now, one of the things you could say, and I actually agree with, is why why have the Dolphins been lucky? Well, part of it is just luck and randomness. But why have the Chargers been unlucky in losing all these close games? Part of it's coaching. Like, I really like the, the Dolphins staff, and I just don't really like Anthony Lynn. Uh, in these it's, it's, it's actually D'Anthony Quinn. D'Anthony Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, just some of the clock management, the play calling late last week. I mean, there's a reason that for the Chargers are like have been losing these close games for the last couple of years. But there's some other things that I do like about the Chargers in this particular matchup. Not only do I think they're a better team than the Dolphins, and home field doesn't really mean much. Uh, Bosa practiced today, which could be huge because the Miami tackles are awful. You have Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt, who are just so inexperienced per PFF they rank 70th and 72nd among 75 qualified tackles this year I mean these defensive ends for the Chargers should be in the backfield every single passing play Keenan Allen should absolutely eat in the slot Uh, the Dolphins just don't have a slot corner they've been trying uh, multiple guys that just aren't working out Nick Needham is there now it's just it's a bad situation so Keenan Allen will probably take 40 45 snaps in the slot this week he should have a day. And uh, I just think that the Charters are a better team here. This will They'll probably end up losing by one somehow. Um, but I make this game basically a coin flip. And so I'll take the two and a half. I personally teased it. 
I'm waiting to get some three. I will buy it if it never gets there before the contest. Doesn't matter for two and a half or three. So it's plus two and a half here. Um, the Dolphins luck. I mean, what, what have they done the last couple of weeks? It's just been defensive touchdowns. It's not sustainable. And this is a horrible run defense. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible offensive line on the outside with their tackles, which is not what you want against the Chargers. Uh, so give me the Chargers as my second pick. Yeah, I think both of these teams are actually pretty good. Like, I think I don't think the Dolphins are a terrible team. They're, they're always going to be in games because of Brian Flores. Uh, he's just doing a really kind of remarkable job considering, like, this team is still in rebuild mode, but they're actually able to compete with anybody, really, at this point. So, yeah, I think they're good. But the the Chargers, it's just been absurd. Like, how they've played extremely well as well you know they've been in games against the the saints uh the who was it the bucks i mean they could have beaten pretty much the who's who the chiefs they could have beaten the who's who of nfl powerhouses more or less uh in these last you know it could be six and two with like huge wins and everyone would be like wow this team is unbelievable so the perception difference here is huge also it's you have to keep in mind that the that I, i still have to downgrade to it like he did nothing against the Rams, and last week against a decimated Cardinals defense that had no secondary left. Yeah, he looked pretty good, um, but now he won't have Preston Williams, who he looked like, comfortable with, uh, who was just put on IR. That'll hurt their receiving core. So, um, yeah, they're just the Chargers easily. They're, they they could they could be easily six and two if they don't. So maybe they're due to get one of these games to break. Uh, but keep your keep your eye on Bosa. He will be big, and then. Bulaga and and Turner, their right guard and right tackle, which will be big because the Chargers' offense line obviously isn't great. They both practice on a limited basis today, so they also could be back. That'll only help. Yeah, if 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 the Chargers keep losing, if they don't cover this bet, I could bet you almost anything that it will come down to Anthony Wynn because the Chargers did the one thing that like everybody like that knows uh, offensive play calling and kind of knows the, the the success rates of these plays frowns upon two goal line fades at the end of the game uh, and, and to, to who Donald Parham and uh, well, I think Mike Williams got one but they were just trying to pick on on, on Isaiah Johnson and they outsmarted themselves because there's two of the most inefficient plays so like the Chargers have everything it takes to win their defense has been a little shaky I don't I don't know what's up with that I mean I thought they would be better um, getting some pieces back obviously Bosa you know being being in and out of the lineup hurts but um, the Chargers, I mean, they, they, they should be an NFL powerhouse already. Justin Herbert should be, like, just cruising through this, like, amazing rookie year where he's leading his team to the playoffs. Instead, you know, they're probably picking near the top of the draft again at this rate. So, uh, very perplexing team. But, yeah, I think this is kind of getting like a Cowboys situation almost. It's like you got to bet on the Chargers till they cover because, like, they should have covered in, what, the last, like, five weeks and didn't. So, uh, just a ridiculous kind of situation. Or they covered once against Jacksonville, but uh, ridiculous kind of situation. So, uh, yeah. And speaking of the Chargers, it is a perfect time for this week's coaches pep talk. So this week's pep talk, I know you're going to dedicate it to the Chargers stuck. It's from Philip Seymour Hoffman in the 2007 film Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Yeah, I got to dedicate. I mean, I could dedicate to both these teams. It's not fair that the Dolphins have won both these games the last two weeks, uh, getting completely dominated. 
it's also not fair that the Chargers keep losing all of these ridiculously close unlucky games. So it's the perfect clip for this game. It's not fair. It's not fair. Oh, my life. Oh, my life. And it's not fair. You can't just say sorry and make it all go away. It's too late. It's not that easy. It's not fair. It's not fucking fair. D'Anthony Quinn, I'm going to keep calling you that till you cover. Be on the lookout for it. All right. For the fifth overall pick of the Week 10 Sunday six-pack, I'm going with those Arizona Cardinals one-point favorites at BetMGM over the Buffalo Bills. Just another team, Buffalo, who – I'm not completely sold on. They got the win last week, burned me. Uh, but how often is Russell Wilson going to turn over the ball four times in a game? Uh, it doesn't happen very often. Game before that, they beat the, the Patriots on a late fumble uh, by Cam Newton. The Patriots hang close with them. And the game before that, they kind of stink it up against the Jets and win, what, 18 to 10? So, and give the Jets their first cover of the year. They're only, no, they covered again. So they give the Jets their first cover of the year. Uh, This team is on a little bit of a win streak here. Uh, The Cardinals coming off a loss. One point favorite. Uh, I actually have it uh, closer to a field goal. Uh, I have the Cardinals rated as the uh, better team on a neutral field by a couple of points. Listen, Buffalo, they're solid. They're okay, but you're kind of, you kind of have similar teams here on, on the offensive side of the ball, two quarterbacks that can uh, move, can throw it around the yard. I trust Kyler Murray. He's been just playing out of his mind. Uh, had another big game against the Dolphins last week against the, what was the number three defense in past DVOA, which kind of goes under the radar. Um, but, you know, just came down to a field goal kicker. If the Cardinals win this game, Prob, uh, win that game last week against Miami. I think this line opens uh, at a field goal or if something goes different in that Buffalo game. So uh, I like the Cardinals here. They are also, it's another case of you look at, you know, where these teams are rated in DVOA and you might say, oh, you know, the Buffalo seven and two cards, five and three, you know, Buffalo is clearly the better team. No, Arizona number 11, Buffalo number 13. Uh, they put, Matt Milano on injured reserve. They will get Norman back, which will help, but uh, the Cardinals will get healthier too on defense. So I just think that shootout game, going back to the Cardinals as a, as a one-point favorite, um, I, I make this line again closer to three. Uh, so I, I love getting the point here at BetMGM. Shop around because there are a bunch of twos out there as well. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great spot. I, I mean, I, I disagree on the power ratings. I have the, I have the Bills better. Um, I've been higher on the Bills than most all year. Um, but it's just a terrible spot. After they have that huge win over Seattle, you're coming across country. Smoke, John Brown from Pitt State. Smokey. Not a lot of people know that. He didn't practice today. Their offense is just so much more dynamic. He's been nursing in the injury. I would expect him to play, but keep your eye on that. Uh, Mitch Moore should come back from concussion protocol. Trey White and Jerry Hughes didn't practice today. I would think it's more precautionary or anything, but they're probably their two most important defensive players. But, yeah, without Milano, I mean – the defense is just – there's a lot of holes, and you can run on this team, and that's what the Cardinals do really well, especially with Kyler Murray's leg. So they're going to be able to spread out the Bills here, and they should be able to run on them. On the other side, the Bills should be able to move the ball as well. If I had to play this game, I'd probably take the Cardinals, but I, I tease the Bills. I, I tease the Bills to eight, uh, eight and a half, I think. I think Josh Allen, if I need him too late, will be able to get in the back door. But I, I think this will be a one-possession game. If you put a gun to my head, I'd say the Cardinals win, so I don't disagree with your pick. But you have to remember that I don't know who gets a stop in this game. This over-under has been keeps going up and up. 
I mean, Patrick Peterson has been awful this year. And guess how old he is? 30 and a half, about to turn 31. Those man-to-man corners fall off a cliff. Um, he's just not a shell of himself. And, you know, they just signed Jonathan Joseph. I mean, that's you know, that's probably the worst work. thing that they could have done like that. That's probably worth like a point off. I should like the Cardinal spread right there. If he if he's playing that, that would be bad. Yeah. The only thing worse you could do is sign Hargreaves. Um, oh, oh, God. Yeah. But yeah. I, but he's still starting for the Texans. Yeah. But I mean, they did activate Byron Murphy and Kennard, who's like their best edge rusher. Now that Jones is out for the year uh, from the IR list. So that should help. But their corner groups just in bad shape. So I don't know who gets stops here. Uh, I imagine that the Cardinals will be able to move the ball and same with the Bills. And, uh, hey, you put a gun to my head. I think the Cardinals win, uh, but I do have the Bills at a tease. The one thing that could go wrong for you is my man Cliff Kingsbury. What are you doing, man? It's fourth and one against one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, the 30 at the end of the game with two minutes to go, and you're kicking a 49-yard field goal with Zane Gonzalez, who comes up short on a 49-yarder. Unbelievable. It's Justin, Justin Tucker, and then no one else is reliable from kicking it. But what, what, is, what kind of play calls that? Uh, like it was it, like it literally you talk about luck for the Dolphins. I mean, they, this is, couldn't have been a luckier situation than having him just essentially give away the game after Kyler Murray played. Like they played a brilliant game considering like how like Miami gave them everything and they still could have won that game. Yeah, Cliff is Cliff is off his like I don't, I don't know what's up with Cliff, but well, it's fun. It's funny that the teams are getting so much smarter when to go for it on fourth down, and that's why like part of the reason points are up yeah. and points are you know points per yard are actually down. So and that's because teams are going for it on fourth down more. So in that situation, but where you see coaching and bias and fear is these situations at the end of the game where you don't want to get questioned if you went for it and you didn't get it. So you'd rather settle for the field goal because if that's fourth and one of the 30 with eight minutes to go, the, I bet the Cardinals go for that 90% of the time. But now there's two minutes left and it's, oh, I don't want to end the game by not getting it. No, you go for that. I mean, almost every time, especially since your defense has no corners left, you're getting shredded. You go for that and you try to score a touchdown to win the game. Uh, just crazy decision. So hopefully Cliff doesn't. Doesn't ruin it for you, but yeah, uh, and, I had the Bills and the T's. Should be an entertaining game. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about this game is I, I do think, you know, it, like you kind of mentioned with the spot, I do think there's kind of some public perception uh, recency bias at play here because you look at the Cardinals. They've scored 30-plus uh, in each of their last four games and, uh, and, and six of eight overall. They've been a powerhouse on offense. Now, the Bills, they've had some big games as well, but – Prior to that Seahawks game where they put up 44, you know, 24 against the Pats, 18 against the Jets, 17 against the, the Chiefs, and just 16 against the Titans, it's maybe the most egregious of all. I know it was a Tuesday, but, I mean, like, that, that was when Titans were in peak, like, horrible third down mode. Uh, this team had been struggling. Seattle's defense is just Swiss cheese. Like, everyone plays a shootout with Seattle. So uh, the Bills just, I think, are a little bit more likely to come back down to earth here. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. For my third pick in the 
sixth and final one of the Sunday six-pack. Slim pickings for me here, but I'm going with the New York football Giants plus three and a half at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. Look, I know the Eagles are getting healthier. I know they're coming off of a bye, and I've been low on the Eagles all year. I don't think they're any good. My biggest win total was their season win total under nine and a half. Let's look at their profile this year. They have three wins. The Giants have two. And you could say, yeah, the Giants have two wins over Washington. That's their only two wins. If Evan Ingram catches a pass, a wide open pass, the Giants have three wins and the Eagles have two wins. And the Eagles' two wins came against third and fourth string quarterbacks who finished the game. They beat Ben DiNucci in a game where the Eagles had 222 total yards and the Cowboys had 265 yards. And they beat the Niners in a game where C.J. Beathard finished that game. And the Niners had 417 yards to the Eagles' 267. And so that, that's their, basically their only two wins. They haven't beat a starting quarterback other than the Giants, and they had a comeback and win just because Evan Ingram dropped a wide-open pass. The Giants, on the other hand, are in every game. They're you know, not the most talented team in the world, but they're going to fight. I mean, they've, they've lost games by one, two, three, and four points this year, and they should have beat the Eagles. Um, you know, so they just had one bad game where they weren't in it against San Fran, and that was it. So I think this, what this will come down to most likely is probably a couple turnover throws from either Wentz, who leads the NFL in turnover where they throw, so 23. Think about how many Jones is throwing. He's only third 12, which is like fifth or sixth in the NFL. So Wentz has just been trying to do too much. And I know, you know, some of his weapons and his offensive line are getting healthier. Um, but there's just some – he's playing just way too recklessly. So I think this is a coin flip-ish game. I make the Eagles just a slight favorite. So I'm getting over three. I'll take the Giants in a game. Look, the NFC East, when these teams match up, take the points. I'm uh, So I'm taking the New York Giants – plus three and a half wouldn't take them under three eh, at three but once you give me the hook I'm taking it I'm taking the bait I'm surprised you actually took this one just because you you do have the uh the trend monsters working against you you have the road favorite off of buy uh 64 32 at 68 percent since 03 but you also have the Daniel Jones at home two and eight against the spread uh in his career so, I mean, I guess you could say it's kind of due for regression. I, like this one, I bet the Eagles at three um, when the line first came out. I figured it would go to three and a half, and, and I didn't want it there. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I just have a bad feeling about the Giants in this one. I mean, Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over. I, and I, I was on the Giants last week, but he didn't turn the ball over. And they go up big in the first half against Washington, and Alex Smith has to, like, come in and actually play real professional football for what like a a whole game and he throws like 325 yards the Giants win a turnover battle five nothing and they win and they barely win the game like this I'm just like they're gonna they're gonna have a letdown at some point maybe it doesn't come this week because Wentz is Daniel Jones in a green uniform at this point but I I don't know I I have a bad feeling about the, the Giants in this one um just because like they've been in every game, but they haven't had that really brutal letdown yet. It's kind of like you said with Herbert. Like I just feel like it's coming, but hopefully they wait another week, or hopefully they win by exactly four, so I win this bet. But 
<laughs> I don't know. Like, I just, the Giants. I don't love it. So I'll tell you that. Yeah, like, it was I, I, I get slim it. Slim pickings. It's, yeah, it's three and a half. I mean, it's three and a half. Like, you, you can't really go wrong. Like, that's why I wanted the three when it first came up, because I definitely wouldn't bet it at, uh, at three and a half. Uh, also, for some reason, the Eagles always go under at home and over on the road. Carson Wentz road overs of 47 and a half or less. Or get this, 21 and four in his career it's absurd wow. it's absurd and, and then if you look at the stats at, at lincoln financial it's like the exact opposite they go under at some ridiculous clip so just putting that out there for anyone that maybe just doesn't want to bet either side uh, of this game but that wraps it up for the week number 10 sunday six pack so to recap stuck is going with the bucks chargers and giants and i am going with the 49ers the houston texans and the Arizona Cardinals. Now it's time for our favorite over-under play of the week. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet because I already talked about it earlier. I'm going 49ers, Saints under 49 and a half at BetMGM. These are two snails, two slow-paced teams. If you look at situational neutral plays, they're both bottom five in the NFL. Um, these are two teams that are great against the run, and I think both defenses match up fairly well the Saints defense was just due for so much regression which we saw last week when it came to penalties red zone so I think this game you're gonna have a lot of third and longs with against these two run defenses the 49ers are just gonna try and really grind this out I don't think that they're gonna be throwing a ton I'm sure Shannon will come up with a good rushing game plan of attack so the clock should be speeding so give me the under here between these two slow snails with uh, good defenses that I think match up with the other offenses and uh, two elite run defenses. Yeah. And that San Fran could have a really healthy secondary uh, at corner for the first time in a while, which will obviously help. Yeah, it should be a tight game too. Two good coaches. You don't expect kind of all types of shenanigans. So, uh, And they played this like really high scoring game last time. So yeah, I, would, I actually do expect them uh, to kind of keep it tighter this time. Uh, for my total, I'm going Patriots-Ravens under 43-and-a-half. Same kind of deal here. You have two of the slower-paced teams in the league, the Baltimore Ravens, number 27 in situation, neutral pace according to football outsiders. And then you have the Patriots uh, just a few spots ahead of them at 23rd. So two teams uh, in the bottom uh, you know, third of the league in, in pace. And you also have – uh, which I love is when even when these teams drop back to pass Newton Jackson they're going to scramble half the time so you're going to get some you know, some clock continuing to move on even on some pass plays uh, instead of some incompletions Patriots defense should be getting a little bit healthier Ravens still some issues on offense uh, anytime you have to sign Des Bryant you know you're having some issues but of course they lose Ronnie Stanley a couple weeks ago which uh, is a Pretty big loss. Not big enough to, I think, shift that Colts line last week. That was just going all crazy with the, well, the COVID news. But uh, in this spot, I think the, a better play than either side in this game is to take the total. I like this as well. You have two really slow, run-heavy teams. They're snails. The clock should be running. The Ravens' defense is just playing at another level. Clayus Campbell probably won't play. LJ Ford should be back, who's a lead against the run at linebacker position. But the – you know, the Ravens' defense, number one DBA against the run, and now Marlon Humphrey's back. I don't see who Cam Newton's – he's not going to be able to throw to Jacoby Myers 50 times again this week with Jimmy Smith, who's a, been a top-five corner this this year. 
Marlon Humphrey, I think, grades out as a top 10 corner. You have Marcus Peters. You just have three shutdown corners. You can bring the safeties up, load the box, and take away this Patriots offense that I'm sure is going to go really slow, try to grind the clock, try to keep the Ravens offense off the field. Uh, so I think that the Ravens will be able to run it. against a bad Patriots run defense. The Patriots will try to run it. Won't be able to against a really good Ravens run day. I think that'll ultimately be the difference, which is why I like the Ravens. I, I money line them. Um, I think we'll get to them in a teaser as well. I money line with the Bucks, but I agree with you on the under. This is uh, should be a fast-moving, run-heavy game, and I think it's going to be a major struggle for the Patriots to put points on the board. I mean, the Patriots are uh, are just horrible. We're not even talking about the fact that they barely beat the New York Jets. Uh, it's kind of the first time you can say that about any team this year. So, it's like a bottom five <laughs> roster. Talent-wise. Yeah, yeah. Belichick knows it. Belichick knows it. If anyone doesn't know it, it's just because you're thinking of this team as, you know, what you had in your perception with a whole different quarterback and, frankly, a whole different roster. So, yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick, automatic against the spread after loss. And he just he's like, oh, and for his last five. That's how you know it's not your normal Patriots team. I mean, the fact that their defense is worse than their offense in DVOA is, is all you need to know because Cam Newton, Stunning. Cam Newton, how many touchdown passes he had? He's still, got, still stuck on two, right? Like two or three? He's got like seven interceptions. I mean, if he, like they're going to run him into the ground. This is going to be the last year of his career. So like it's, it's, it's just it's, it's terrible. I do think – I actually do think Cam Newton can be elite with this offense as long as they alter the schedule and play the Seahawks every week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I, I think I said that the minute that game was over, I was like, I don't think we are ever going to see Cam Newton throw for that many yards again in his entire career. Why I'm fading the bills this week. I mean, everyone just throws for yards against the Seahawks. Uh, but Maybe not everyone. Actually, no, Jared Goff's going to go like crazy, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, that was our favorite total. Stuck likes the Niners, Saints under 49 and a half, and I'm going Ravens, Patriots under 43 and a half. Now it is time for our weekly teaser segment. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. All right, Stuck, I feel like this is like Christmas for you because, I mean, I looked in the app. I saw about eight. I saw you play about eight teasers already. It's not even Tuesday. Uh, when I first saw so tell the people what uh, what are you thinking for this week yeah I put a pizza out go check it out basically you want to tease through three and seven which is known as a Wong teaser uh, or you know so you take a dog from two two and a half up or you know and at three sometimes a favorite of seven to eight and a half down you cross that seven you cross that three you have value over the books as long as you're paying minus 120 or lower in a vacuum nothing else matters you don't know have to know the teams just over time that hits at about 75, 75 and a half percent. It's like 21 and they're like 21 and four this year. If the, the lower the total, the more valuable it is. Obviously you're teasing six points in a lower total where points will be at a premium. So I did, te- but this week it just, everything's set up perfectly. We have all these dogs that are like two, two and a half point underdogs that I made closer to a pick or one. So uh, it's, it's even more value there. Now some of them are higher totals, but Seahawks, out, you know, I tease the Bills. I tease the Colts tomorrow night with the Bears. I think that those are the, my two favorite pieces, Colts and Bears. Uh, I'll throw out a, a Sunday teaser for just a Sunday teaser. I'll throw out the Chargers, who I already mentioned, should keep it within one possession. That's what they do. And the Seahawks, who I think should keep this within one score. It's a good buy low spot on the Seahawks. Now, if you look back at what the Rams have done to the Seahawks, and the, the Rams are coming off a of buy, they've outscored them 
in the last three years, 178 to 127. They've scored 28 or more points in five of those six matchups. They easily could have won all six. The two losses came in, like, last-second plays. So, and, and why? The Seahawks run a ton of cover three, and McVay has learned how to shred it. I mean, just shred it absolutely. Just he, the crossing routes, play action, you know, a lot of routes that stretch the defense horizontally, corner routes, flooding one side. And th- I mean, everything he does is just shreds this cover three defense. The Seahawks actually haven't been playing as much cover three, which is smart because the league is figuring out how to attack it. As usual, they're mixing in some more cover one and cover two. Their secondary's just played so bad, but the way to attack them, I mean, is just deep throws. You just can't cover deep throws. It's been embarrassing, their, their deep passing defense. That's not what the Rams do. The Rams can't really attack you deep. The Seahawks have actually been a little respectable in short passing, which is what the Rams want to do. And their run defense has actually been pretty good. And that's the Rams want to set up everything with their rushing attack. They, and look, the Seahawks, they added Dunlap, which will help a little bit. They might, get, they might add Snacks Harrison, I think, is going to play, who's an elite run defender in the middle. That'll help their run defense as well. And the Rams' defense, I think overall people are like, oh, this, is, this unit's so good. It's like, I think they're just the middle of the road. They got Ramsey and Donald. and It's a Stars and Scrubs defense. Who, who have the Rams beat this year? The NFC East and the Bears. Like, come on. So I'm not impressed with the Rams' wins. I think that some of their defensive metrics are way overinflated. They're bottom three in the league on first down pass defense. The Seahawks are letting Russ cook this year. So I think that Wilson will do his thing. At worst, he keeps this within one possession. And uh, this is a game where the Seahawks, they have elite linebackers. And it looks like Wright will play, Wagner's still elite, where their elite linebackers will matter in the run game, in the short passing game, guarding the tight ends. Uh, so – Give me Russ to keep this within one possession uh, and the Chargers. Yeah, I like it. Uh, like both of those. Uh, there's there's really a lot of choices this week. I'll save one of the teams I like for the next segment for our Moneyline Dog. So I'm going to go with teasing the Ravens down uh, to a point. Uh, I think they beat the Patriots, uh, but you, you know don't like to bet on favorites uh, of a touchdown or more necessarily. So – uh, like the Ravens down to a point. And then for the other side, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Uh, I like them to, you know, put, I like them to cover. I think they can win the game. There's another team I'm going to talk about for the Moneyline dog. So uh, going with the Texans here, uh, you're getting it down from uh, three and a half to nine and a half. So uh, like them as well. Uh, so Texans and Ravens. All right, so that wraps it up for our teaser. Now it's time for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right, the Giants, they came through for me last week, Stuck. What's going on? We both hit. We both hit. We did it. We did it. It's been a while. Cashed the parlay last week. Uh, where are you going this week? No, it's two, two out of the last three weeks we've hit now. We have? Wait, when did we hit? Yeah. I'm, I'm, three, week, I'm, three weeks I'm ago we hit two. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm, I'm selling a short then. My bad. But, uh, yeah, where are you going this week? Let's try to keep it going. I was maybe thinking about the Giants, which is, I think, <laughs> more of a coin flip game. Um, but I'll go with the Broncos here. I, I like what the Raiders have done. But the Broncos' defense, when healthy – has done a lot of good things this year. And I mean, Bryce Callahan's been one of the best corners in the NFL. He didn't play last week. He should be back this week. AJ Bouye should be back this week. Uh, they might get, they should get Shelby Harris back. 
Noah Fant should come back. Broncos should be a lot healthier. The Raiders' defense stinks. It's one, of, it's one of the three or four worst defenses in the NFL. And what has Drew Locke been doing the last couple weeks? He's been shredding prevent defenses at the end of the game. Well, that's basically what the Raiders' pre- defense is. It's a prevent defense. They just sit back in zones. They don't get a ton of pressure. So I think Drew Locke can do some things here. And uh, so I'll take the better defense in the Broncos to maybe force a few turnovers. And uh, I think it's worth a shot here. So I'll go with the Broncos. You also got the uh, better Crimson Tide receiver here. You got uh, Jerry Judy breaking better. out, breaking out here. Uh, I, actually, I like the Broncos too. That was, uh, that was one I considered for like a number of different plays, and they actually didn't make it in, just waiting to make sure everyone's coming back healthy. But, yeah, the, the, the guys are getting back. I think they're getting back a, a, a Glasgow too. They're getting back a couple of linemen. I mean, it could be night and day difference from the, the team that was you know, on the field the last couple of weeks, especially with all the, the receivers healthy. So um, Broncos are probably a team I'll be playing at some point. But uh, for this one, you kind of hit on all the points, so I'll be short. Uh, the Seahawks. The Rams have had their number the past couple of years, but this is just a, a kind of different Seahawks team, and the Rams don't match up well. The Seahawks, their one strength, real strength on defense, is they play good run defense. And the Rams are one of the most voluminous run teams in the league. And as you mentioned, they don't they, they try to avoid throwing deep at all costs. It's just not what they're uh, you know trying to do and not re- really what Goff is capable of doing. But guess what? Seattle – Number 29 against the pass, we, the Rams are going to pick up yards, but number nine against the run, they're going to force Goff to drop back more than he wants to. Uh, as you mentioned, the deep shots that you usually get against Seattle, uh, Goff's not necessarily comfortable with that. So, you know, even though this terrible Seattle defense, and that's what the narrative is going to be after they got just shellacked by, uh, by Buffalo. The Bills make me want to I, this could be a golf turnover game uh, again, even, you know, coming off the bye. Uh, it could be another one of those type of games. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know if people are expecting it. So, uh, like the Seahawks to win a game, uh, still one of the best teams in the league. They've had a couple of, you know, bumps in a row. But, again, how often is Russell Wilson going to turn it over four times? When he doesn't, they can outscore anybody. And I totally agree with you about the, the Rams defense. Definitely a little bit uh, overrated. So, like the Seahawks, Moneyline dog. If there's a prop out there, Jamal Adams causes a turnover, either a pick or coming in on a sack on Jared Goff, I would bet that. Yeah, uh, I love that. I love that. I was going to say, I have, I don't know where I got this from. It's just like kind of random, but I feel like DK Metcalf uh, is going to stiff arm Jalen Ramsey for the game-winning touchdown and potentially get into a, a Golden Tate-esque fight with him uh, as the game, like, ends so I, I don't know where i got that from i think that's I a great matchup by the way Metcalf <laughs> versus ramsey yeah. i'm sure i'm sure this is the fantasy world all about Lockett this week as a result yeah but we were kind of on Lockett last week and it didn't quite work out i think dk metcalf is just hashtag like really fucking good like I don't, at this point i don't think matchups mattered like how, like you could be the best quarter and have the best technique in the league but like this dude is just a, a freak like how are you like Jalen ramsey he'll, he'll win some but i'm sure metcalf will win a, win a few too all right, so that does it for our Moneyline Dog. The, we got the Broncos. We got the, the Seahawks. Now it's time for our Survivor Pool Pig of the Week. One pick. One chance to advance. Survivor. 
All right, Stuck, it's time for our Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. If, uh, if you're still alive, congratulations. Uh, Stuck, who are you going with? Yeah, I mean, my piece, my Survivor piece and plan at all has been working except for the 49ers losing to those damn Dolphins. A team that I have left right now that I plan to use was the Packers at home against the Jaguars for Week 10, so that's who I'm going with. Yeah, that's that's the play here. Uh, those are one of the teams I haven't used. So, yeah, going with the pack, 13-and-a-half-point favorites at BetMGM. Thought Luton showed some things last week, but still expect the Packers to win the game either way. Aaron Jones should run wild on this uh, Jaguars run D. Yeah, so, and then you have Rodgers going against the worst pass defense in the NFL. It's By the way, Jair Alexander, keep your eye, keep your eye on whether or not he plays with a concussion. He's uh, been – the best corner in the NFL this year. I think a top five corner in the NFL right now. Last four games against Ridley, Evans, Fuller, and Jefferson. One catch total for 12 yards. Those four receivers combined. Uh, And by the way, you know, you have Devonta Adams, who's arguably the best receiver in the NFL right now. Devonta Adams and Jair Alexander go against each other every day in practice. And you better believe it's only going to make them even better as they practice against each other on a daily basis but yeah Packers should win there's high wins here maybe that bothers Luton shouldn't bother Rodgers that much the line is about right but uh Packers should win this game why isn't the Steelers offense better than they practice against the Steelers defense every 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 day and they're not good all right now it's time quickly for the best of the rest uh the games we did not get to in any other segment so this is going to be quick because we don't have lines for these games but uh, the Detroit Lions and the Washington football team we don't know what's going on with uh what do we have COVID and quarterback issues in this one yeah I mean Stafford practiced today so maybe he's gonna go if not it's Chase Daniel Stafford doesn't look great Galladay I think is probably not gonna go keep an eye on that the Lions offense obviously without Galladay is just not the same and without Stafford you're gonna get Washington number one number one pass defense DVOA and a lot of that is because, I mean, Fuller's been great, and they have a great pass for us, their defensive line, which obviously helps out their secondary. Alex Smith for Washington, I don't know. When this line opens up, if it's no Galladay, even if it's with Stafford and Alex Smith, this could be uh, a, a good underlook. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was kind of weird seeing Alex Smith throw for all those yards, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't have really any confidence in, in that Washington offense outside of Scary Terry. Uh, and then we have the Bengals and the Steelers. And, of course, Ben Roethlisberger goes on the COVID list. He could clear it, but he's also dealing with a knee injury. So uh, that's kind of the situation there. That game's off the board. I believe it was uh, Bengals seven and a half uh, last we looked, but we'll see what happens. I doubt they open it before we get more concrete information there. Last week I was screaming the fade to Steelers. Screamed it all week, and people were like, oh, you don't. You just want to fade the Steelers because you don't like them. No, I mean, I made the line 10. It was an awful Tomlin spot. But this week, I i mean, I'm low on the Bengals, lower on the Bengals than most, and have been all year. I think the Steelers are flawed on offense. We've been screaming about that early down success rate, how Ben looks. The offensive line isn't as good. But I still make this line over seven. So uh, now if, if Ben doesn't play, there's a huge drop-off, even between this version of Ben and Mason Rudolph, just because Mason Rudolph is so bad. So worth, uh, you know, a couple points. Yeah, the other thing you have to watch on the Bengals side, Mixon didn't practice, and the Bengals' offensive line, I mean, what, they've been down five starters. They were down all five day one starters the last time they played. You have Hart, who is, I think, didn't practice. Jonah Williams is limited. It's just, it's a mess. Um, so that's something to keep an eye on, obviously, against the best defensive line in the NFL. Alou is, gonna, is practicing. 
their nose tackle. He's been great. So that defensive line, I know Burr gets rid of the ball quick, and that could be a recipe for disaster. This is, you know, if it's over seven, round seven and seven and a half, and Ben plays, it's a stay away for me. If it's six, five and a half, and Rudolph plays, again, it's a stay away for me. The only way I think I would play this game is if the Bengals were catching seven or more and I got Mason Rudolph. Maybe at six, but definitely at seven. But I make this line around eight and full at full health for the Steelers. But, yeah, we have to wait to see with Ben. It's Saturday. We'll find out. Yeah, I actually make it lower with Ben. I had it around seven with Ben. Uh, so I actually put a speculative bet in um, right when I, you know, found out that he was going to like potential or go on the cover list at seven and a half. Uh, you know, I wish I did. That's so yeah. smart. Listen, it's not, there's not a ton of value left because it's going to open wherever it opens based on the information. You're not going to get any value there, but I will say this, the Steelers are going to be vulnerable in situations where like, if, if there's like bad luck, like if they go down two scores and it's like the cow, it's not been uh, Garrett Gilbert in, in the Cowboys, like even the Bengals, like we, you know, Joe Burrow and they can pass, they can throw, you know, hang in there. And again, we've seen that again, you know, they, they hung in there with the Colts, they hung in there with the Browns, they beat the Titans. Like this is not an inept team, even with some of their deficiencies on, uh, on offense. So uh, the Steelers are going to, they're going to probably catch a loss. Like they can definitely go undefeated. If they, if they can beat the Ravens uh, a second time, which is easier said than done, but they could, yeah, I, I mean, I doubt it, but they could go undefeated if they do that. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Steelers catch a, a loss to like someone we don't expect. So uh, no problem catching more than a touchdown here with Burrow. But I, I doubt it opens back up if you know with uh, at, at that number unless you know there's just a lot going on. So we'll see. But that's going to do it for the week number ten Action Network NFL betting podcast. You can follow Stucky on Twitter and in the Action Network app at. Stucky too, and you can follow me at Chris Raybon. Be sure to check out all of our betting content at actionnetwork.com. And of course, tune into the channel for the college football podcast, Stuck and Colin Wilson do uh, the golf show as well as our fantasy flex. Good luck in week number 10. Let's get this money. Peace out. We're finished talking.